You are listening to History Man, where we walk in the footsteps of heroes and proclaim freedom reigns. On today's episode, we're back with Trey Dunaway, Dr. Trey Dunaway. We're going to talk about uh, infectious diseases during the Revolutionary War, specifically smallpox. Uh, Trey, welcome. Thank you, Eric. Happy to be here today. Trey, we were uh, talking prior to this episode about uh, some of the current events that are going on in the, in, the, in the world. Since March of 2020, we've had an outbreak of COVID-19, and uh, that seems to be dragging on. I saw a, uh, a quote from Bill Gates the other day saying this is going to be around for another year or so. So I, I, sometimes I just don't know what the truth is on this infectious disease that seems to be out there. And I know there's a lot of anxiety uh, in the communities and around the world. It's not just a isolated uh, event here. This is a worldwide event. And I, I don't want to date our episode too much, but it, is, it draws me back to the Revolutionary War. This is not new in the whole scope of the world history, uh, but because we focus on the Revolutionary War, you were uniquely positioned to talk about these, uh, the epidemic uh, in the Revolutionary War and some of the issues that they dealt with there. So love to hear from you about those. Well, Eric, it's interesting because as a pandemic, the world is not used to pandemics in the last uh, number of decades. That's not to say we haven't had pandemics in the past. Well, from a from a standpoint of pandemics, if you listen to the news, this is just a horrific pandemic that we're going through right now. In the whole scope of things, is it as is it the most horrific that we've had? Oh, it's a drop in the bucket comparatively. Uh, coronavirus is a, a fairly common virus. This is a new strain and people haven't been exposed to it and they are going to get sick and they're going to die and it is infectious. But so have all the pandemics in history. But this is far from the worst pandemic history has known. So I was talking to you a little bit about a couple of uh, articles and, and notations that I found in some history books. And I want to I want to touch base with some of those for our readers to give us a kind of backdrop. In Parker's book, Jack Parker wrote a book, Parker's Guide to the Revolutionary War in South Carolina. And in his book, he talked about a gentleman, a loyalist officer, Captain Robert Harrison, who had a brother that was a Major John Harrison, who worked with the British or were um, commissioned by the British as loyalist officers. Anyway, Captain Robert Harrison had the smallpox and was sick in bed in Antioch, South Carolina, which is in the eastern portion of Kershaw County, just east of Camden. And uh, a Patriot scouting party learned the location of the house where he was recovering, and they broke in and killed him while he was in bed recovering from the smallpox. So in today's parlance, uh, that would be counted as a smallpox death. <laughs> It says if you had COVID and you got run over by a truck, that does count as a COVID death. So uh, that would actually count as a, if we use the same standards we're using today in the 18th century, that would clearly count as a smallpox death. Well, tell us a little bit about how smallpox differs from the other uh, infectious diseases that we, that we see throughout the world. Well, you know, a lot of people confuse they, when you say the worst pandemic or the worst infection, they're going to say, oh, that must be the Black Plague. 
Well, let me tell you, the Black Plague is a shadow of smallpox. The Black Plague is like nothing. First, they're different. They're different animals. A bacteria causes, causes Black Plague, and that can be treated by antibiotics. So it's readily treatable. Uh, it's estimated about 200 million people died of plague throughout history. So 200 million, which sounds like a big number, doesn't it? It does. But it's really not that big. Because when you look at smallpox, which is caused by a virus, and so is coronavirus. I mean, these are viruses. It's not a bacteria. There is no specific therapy. You've got antivirals, and we're hearing about different antiviral drugs that they're trying to float. But the one that they are pushing today, this is a, almost a year into the pandemic, uh, is the same one that was known to have some coronavirus effect at the beginning of this pandemic. I looked it up. I looked up what drugs do you give for coronavirus? And remisivir is the one that is being talked about today, but that was known months ago. I think it's this endless news cycle we have where you have to have something to bring to the public. Well, it's the same thing. But now smallpox in the 20th century alone. Now, let's remember that 200 million estimated deaths forever with plague, okay. 200 million. In the 20th century alone, just the 20th century. 1900 to 2000. 1900 to 2000. The estimated deaths in the 20th century alone for smallpox were 300 to 500 million. Wow. That's a hard number to wrap your head around. That is. I mean, look at all the, all the, the deaths in World War II. I think it was like 65 million. Right. And that's... That's nothing comparatively. When you look at the total number of deaths by all American military, it's less than 50 million. So when you look at just in the 20th century, 300 to 500 million deaths from smallpox, it gives you an idea of the scope and the mortality of this horrific disease. How did it spread? Oh, it spread the same way coronavirus does. You know, you can pick, I mean, all you have to do is look at the public service announcements and all the things that they did that we would do today for coronavirus would be effective for mitigating some of the risk, except with, with, uh, with smallpox, the mortality rate was significantly higher. But it spread, it spread two ways. It can be spread through... A respiratory transmission, okay. which means the smallpox virus goes directly into the lungs of another human. So this is from coughing or sneezing or talking or not being six feet away, not wearing a mask. So all the, all the standards that we're doing now to prevent coronavirus, to mitigate coronavirus, are no different than mitigating smallpox, except the mortality rate's a lot higher with smallpox. So once a smallpox virus finds its way into your lungs... It's like the happy hunting ground for smallpox virus. It just goes berserk and it becomes systemic very rapidly. And when you're systemic, that means you have virus all throughout your bloodstream. Okay. And that's what kills people. Well, in a camp-like atmosphere, that must have raged, I mean, decimated armies. Especially in the winter when it's cold, everyone's okay. crammed together. And right. we're seeing this for the, for the if we, if depending on who you're reading in the, so, in the media circles, this is 
still part of the first wave, or maybe this is the second wave, or I read one thing the other day that said we are currently in the third wave of coronavirus. Coronavirus doesn't know it's in a wave. It just knows they're human hosts and it enjoys hanging around with them. So if you put people indoors in a closed space and they're breathing the same air as other people that are infected, you're going to spread viral disease. I know we're talking about the Revolutionary War, but if we talk about COVID right now, uh, all the deaths that happen in the care homes, they're all sequestered inside the homes. Is that part of the issue there? And, and it's going to spread from one person to another. Okay. That's just the nature of a virally transmitted disease. You can also pick it up on your hands if you have an opening. The reason the lungs are so good for smallpox is because it gains rapid access to the inside of our bodies. So if you have a break in your skin, you could certainly get smallpox or COVID from that. Mm -hmm. If you rub your eye with an infected finger, you could get COVID from that. But if you just put COVID on or smallpox on your skin and it doesn't get past the barrier of the skin and you wash your hands, you will not have you will not get infected from that anymore. Okay. Which again, when you go to the fundamentals of COVID mitigation, separation, social distancing, wear a mask, wash your hands often, um, don't, don't, hang, don't hang around indoors any longer than you have to be. Th those are, those are, would, would be effective for smallpox then as it is for COVID today. You were just talking about smallpox in the 20th century. Obviously, we're talking about the Revolutionary War here. Smallpox has been around lo longer than that, right? You had European armies developing smallpox on their battlefields long before uh, the Revolutionary War came along. The British Army dealt with some of that. And uh, I know that George Washington was dealing with that in 1776 up in up in New York and in the northern theater of operations and actually inoculating his uh, his troops in that. So where are the first cases of smallpox? Do you do you know? Well, the first recorded case that we absolutely know of is the death in 1157 B.C. of Pharaoh, before Christ, before Christ. This yeah. is Pharaoh Ramses the fifth. Really? So ancient Egyptian texts that have been examined demonstrate smallpox was available in ancient Egypt. So again, think 300 to 500 million people in the 20th century alone deaths. When you put that as a global death count from smallpox, the, the numbers must just be mind boggling. So what separates smallpox? What is the unique features of smallpox versus other diseases that are out there like measles? And well, the unique feature of smallpox is that it is not transmitted by bats okay. <laughs> or other non-humans. I mean, who knows where it came from, but we've all heard the coronavirus bat theories. And, and whether it's true or not, it really doesn't matter because the, the bottom line is, is that it is a human to human transmission which is good in one way, because if you can stop the human-to-human -human transmission, you have eradicated the disease entirely. 
And right now, as far as I know, there are only two places where you can find smallpox. Uh, hopefully, there are only two places where you can find smallpox virus. And that would be the CDC and the Russian equivalent of the CDC, where it's kept in labs. There's a fair amount of political activity concerning that. If you're looking at it from a scientific basis, you will want to keep it around so you can study it because, you know, there's always a research PhD paper that has to be published on something, some aspect of smallpox. But if you're looking at it from purely a human public health issue, you will realize that what you've got to do is eradicate it completely. So burn the jars of smallpox where it's still being kept alive in these labs. And that way, it cannot escape. There's going to be no leak. This has happened. There have been outbreaks of smallpox directly from the laboratory uh, in the past. And that would totally eradicate it from the face of the planet. That would be my vote. I'd say we've had, let's see, this is 2000. We know the Pharaoh had it a, a thousand years BC. That gave us 3,000 years to hang out with the smallpox virus. And I think that's long enough. I think whatever scientific studies can be done on smallpox, which is not a current factor in disease, I think it's time to put that one to bed and say, let's study, let's study coronavirus for at least five years and figure out how to mitigate that and destroy it. But that's the story of smallpox, bigger than plague, bigger than just about anything. When you look at the people that died of smallpox, well, just look at the people that died a day of coronavirus. They're important people because they have to meet with other important people. And if one of them picks it up, they're going to spread it, whether it's in the Pharaoh's temple or whether it's in the president's rose garden you are going to have transmission of viral disease. If you put people shoulder to shoulder, face to face, especially inside, breathing the same air, touching the same surfaces, rubbing their eyes, coughing, laughing, having fun with other people that are not social distanced, that's a real problem. In our next episode, we're going to talk about how that problem showed itself in the Revolutionary War. So thank you very much. Thank you. My pleasure to be here, Eric.